Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're not finished yet. Hallelujah. Some of you came in here with such heavy oppression on your heart. We can't even enter into that realm where the healings flow. So speak Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. Speak Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. That oppression has to go in Jesus' name. Speak Jesus. Hallelujah. Give him glory and honor this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. Come on, folks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. The situation is not Lord in your life. Jesus is Lord. And if your situation has overruled you, then you cannot praise God. And if there's an interference, there's a blockage. But get free this morning to worship Him. Throw up your hands one more time. Give Him honor and glory one more time. Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. Be like the, the, the sick man in the Bible that he was shouting, Jesus. He was not healed yet, but he was shouting, Jesus, Jesus. And the disciples went up to him and said, shut up. Hallelujah. Don't disturb the man. Jesus, they shouted one more time. Hallelujah. And Jesus heard him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If he wouldn't have shouted, Jesus wouldn't have heard him. If he wouldn't have stood up and said, Jesus, I'm coming to you. I'm Jesus. Heal me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Then the enemy, through his onslaught, would have won over him and over everybody else in the Word of God that cried out, Son of God, or cried out, I want to be healed, or cried out and said, Jesus, be my Lord. Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to start out this service with a wonderful scripture. Our healing Sunday out of Acts 10.38. You may be seated. It says how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth. So right there we got God's will. We got his direction. God's will. He had a man, the man Christ Jesus down here. He had someone that's going to do God's will for his man, mankind. And so he sent a savior. How God anointed. That means he laid on him the power to do good. How God anointed him. So just walking around, Jesus could have been unanointed. Nothing would have happened. But God chose to anoint him, give him healing powers from the other realm that is available today, how God anointed Jesus. Right there I know his will. I know his plan. I know that it is God's will to heal you this morning. And you online. It is God's will. It is his purpose to preach. This is the gospel. We're not, we're not uh, going to lay down, as the rest of the verse says, the gospel. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with strength and ability and power. Amen. So, so uh, guess what? The devil at this time still had power over mankind. Jesus had to strip him of everything. And he did. He stripped him of his power, made a rule and a show over him. Then he says, I want you guys to go in my name. And, and that 
the message has never been rescinded. He never took it back and said, well, when the last apostle dies, the power of God is over. He sent out 70. And they came back rejoicing and says, even the demons are subject to the name. They were sent. If there is a gospel preached without the power, without bringing it back to Acts 10.38, without uh, uh, the anointing and without people being prayed for, without the, uh, the gospel, it's a partial gospel. And it's going nowhere. It might be comfortable. It might draw people. But it's not the gospel. I will stand before the throne and with, with God speaking to me alone and said, what did you do with Acts 10.38? Amen? You know what it says? How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. Hallelujah. And strength and ability and power. And he went about doing good and in particular curing all, your Bible may see healing, all who harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. And as I was studying on this this week, that they are people are harassed by the devil. Yeah. Folks, that's not just the flu coming on. Folks, that's not just you know uh, uh, you know we saw it with the vaccine. We saw it. We see it. Cancer. We see all these things that are done. They are harassed by the devil. I know there's times in the Word of God where Jesus cast out the demon and cast out, uh, and the person was cured. I'm not saying every disease is a, a demonic spirit, but I'm telling you that it is influenced by the demonic. And you and I, right now, must make a decision. Whoever you are, must make a decision. Am I going to leave a part of what the devil has done to mankind on my body? Am I going to leave that diabetes on my body? Am I going to leave that uh, Alzheimer in my brain? Am I going to leave it there knowing that it came from Satan? If Jesus was here, what would he say? He would say, be healed. You are set free from the power of darkness. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. You, she went for the hem of his garment knowing that she had a covenant with his word. Which, which as an Israelite, you have... According to Deuteronomy 28, 29, you have uh, this, the healing uh, that Jehovah provided even under the Old Testament. She knew that. And she knew she had a covenant right with God. And she became well. I'm telling you, some of you are comfortable with sickness. You might not like it, but you don't think something can be done about it. And so we go day by day comfortable and not doing something about it. Where would it start? Well, we're going to get into that, but I'm going to show a video first of uh, um, Audrey Mack is her name. And you can show this because there's no uh, stuff on there. But it's a wonderful video. I want you to be encouraged as you hear this. You will hear the difference. Then I got a tremendous testimony. Uh, it's not my own testimony. We have our own testimonies coming. Amen. We have a lady that became pregnant. We have a lady that woke up in a coma and she was called the miracle lady at the hospital. But I'm not satisfied until every chair is full of people and everybody's getting healed, signs and wonders. And there's such a, such a noise in the city that the gospel is being preached fully and that signs, wonders and miracles are happening. Amen. Are you here? Amen. Are you excited about that? 
Amen. They get excited because it's not going to change. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and he went around and he busted the power of the devil over everybody. Wow, you know, it's flu season. Don't you allow that over your, your lips. Don't allow that. Don't allow. I, I was listening to someone as I was studying and they said, you know what? I went to a, a clean channel watching a cooking show and every commercial had to do with while you, when, you know, 50 and older, you're prostrate. You know, 55, you're hearing, you know, uh, 60, you, you know that you're going to, you need a walker pretty soon. All of these are, are trained um, by, by the enemy is in the background to train you to accept that old age is coming and you're going to need help. No, none of those commercials will point you to a church and say, they're going to pray for you and you're going to be set free. But I can point you to people like Andrew Womack and Sister Billy Brim. These people don't need assistance. They haven't been sick forever, neither has Kenneth Hagin when he was alive. Didn't even take an aspirin because he knew his covenant. He knew his word. He knew Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus. He would read constantly. He would not allow the, the disease. None of them would. They don't listen to commercials that suggest because that suggestion grows. And we're going to show you what to do with it. But let's play that video first. Is your attitude in the natural transfers into the spirit. So if you are a person that has the tendency to be very passive and very timid and very submitted, you'll have a very hard time in the spirit to fight the good fight of faith and take your Healing by force, the violent take it by force. Come on. And I've seen that oftentimes. That people that tend to be very timid have a hard time to stand up against the devil. And I saw that God has been teaching me this for quite a few years now. And I know it sounds something a little crazy to say that being timid in the natural would hinder you to get a hold of things in the spirit, but it is true. I remember I was doing in 2019, July 2019, I was doing a Catholic charismatic conference. And they, I saw there were two twins, identical twins, same DNA. Identical twins. And I, when I met them, I saw one of them in the wheelchair and the other running around happy and everything. And they brought the one in the wheelchair, Mathilde, they brought her to me saying, would you please pray for her? And so, you know, like any good doctor would do, you ask questions, you try to probe to find out what the situation. And I found out that a year before, Exactly a year before in that same conference, both of the twins, identical twins, both had Lyme disease, stuck in a wheelchair. And I'd like to show you the piece, the, that picture of Mathilde and Clemence. Maestro, picture number one. Oh, here it is. Here are those two twins, identical twins. Now why and how those two God Lyme disease, it's beside me. Because I heard that Lyme disease is being bit by a, what, a tick? How would those two twins be both bit by a tick and at the same time have Lyme disease? 
But anyway, but when I met them a year later, they explained to me that both had Lyme disease and the year before they both got prayed for by the same person, a friend of mine. One got healed, the other didn't get healed. And you know, you look at, you take a step back, you look at it and you think, well, did God play favorites? Why did he heal one and not the other? And so as I'm talking to those twins and asking, you know, question and looking into it, I, I ask the Lord, I'm, I'm, every time I minister, I try to talk to the Lord and ask him. And he said, observe them, look at them closely. So I paid attention and I looked and I noticed that Clemence, who had got out of the wheelchair, could I have the second picture? Clemence, who got out of the wheelchair, she was running all, all around, very energetic, kind of bossy like, you know, telling you what to do and what to do it. You know what I mean? Kind of take charge kind of girl. But I noticed that Mathilde was very shy. And I'm like, Lord, that could not be. He said, yeah. He said, Clemence, when they were both got prayed, the same prayer by the same person for the same problem, Clemence, she just got a hold of it. She stood up on the inside and then stood up on the outside. But Mathilde kind of was waiting kind of for things to happen for her and didn't do anything. And so that showed me that can change. And so I started really to start talking to Mathilde to the point of, you know, making her angry, asking a question, provoking her, telling her, do you want to get, and people were looking around thinking, that lady, she's mean. I didn't care. I wanted to get the job done. And so I told Matilda said, aren't you sick and tired of being in a wheelchair and people pushing you around, carrying you, feeding you? I said, do you want to get married one day? She's like, yeah. And I said, well, would you want to walk in a wheelchair to, to your husband or would you like to walk by your, your daddy? She looked at me, her eyes went. And then all of a sudden I had a word of knowledge. The Lord told me, he said, she thinks that God played favorites. She thinks that God healed her sister and didn't want to heal her. So right there, I gave her that word. I said, no, 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 Madil, that's not true. God didn't play favorite. You know why you didn't get healed? Because you were waiting passive and too timid. You were, she was so timid. She could hardly talk like this. Long story short, I started to make her stand up on the inside, get angry at the sickness, refusing to be like this one more day and to go and have that righteous anger and to take her healing by force. Not again, the pressure is never with God. God has already done it, he's sitting at the throne. But it's the enemy that is gonna do everything he can to hold it back from you. And sometimes it takes you and I to stand up on the inside and put pressure back on the devil. And so I took that little girl and after talking with her, you know, they were packing the tent and everything. So I had all the time and I must have spent a good hour with her. Finally, I got her up, her father on one side, me on the other. And then I started to force her to walk. I said, we're going to walk. 
And at the beginning, I had to take my, my foot and kick her, her leg. And I'd go, and push her, and I'd go behind it, pop. And we did that for, golly, a good 20, 25 minutes. And we went around. We must have walked, I don't know, two miles. But finally, she got to the point where she had enough strength to hold herself. And then, after a little while, she started to move her leg by herself. Long story short, after doing that, walking for a while, I told, spoke to the parents. I said, don't make it easy on her to get back to that wheelchair. I said, stay, keep it away. And I said, you see how I was with her? Because you know, here's a mistake. When people get sick, we can so easily accommodate them, pamper them. What can I get for you? Don't do anything, stay here. What do you need? I mean, I'm, yeah, we have compassion. But sometimes we think it's compassion when it's really hindering people to get a hold of their healing. And I told the parents, I said, don't put her back in there. And I said, you see how I was kind with her? I said, you're gonna have to help her. Long story short, a, a couple of weeks later, here is video number one of Mathilde. She's so shy. Can you tell how shy she is? <laughs> so here's little Mathilde a, a couple of weeks later. And you know, I talked to the parents. I said, you're gonna have to keep on helping her. And here is Mathilde. Allez Mathilde, allez Allez Mathilde, pense à la récompense Oh, oh la glace Tiens Mathilde, la glace, ça. Merci. Here is a wonderful thing. So many times, you know, I always hear Andrew saying I was an introvert. I couldn't look at people in the eyes and look at him now. You could never tell why, because those personality tra traits that can hinder you in the spirit can be changed. And yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Is that encouraging or what? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Aggressively, you're not challenging God by, uh, by standing for your healing. You are resisting the devil and he will flee from you. As I was studying, I was listening to another great testimony. This is in mine. There's a man that was up on the power pole, way up there. And he got electrocuted and, and shocked. And it fell, he fell off the power pole and hit the ground. His back was totally destroyed. And uh, he, uh, was put in, he was a paraplegic. He's in the wheelchair. And uh, thought that was the end of his life. That was condition for his life. But God. But guess who opened the door? He opened the door. One day, as he was sitting in this wheelchair, and, you know, they, they did everything to make him, like he says, comfortable, all these kind of things. And uh, he finally um, 
his family was going to a birthday party. The children, the mama, everybody was going to the birthday party. He couldn't go. They were pampering. They kept, kept taking care of him, and they just decided to leave him at home and, uh, with the situation. And that made him mad. Not mad at God, mad at the situation. And he started making a decision that he's not going to be a paraplegic anymore. He made a decision, and it was, uh, and Oral Roberts would uh, back this up, it was one finger at a time, you know, start moving one finger it, it, back in the, when Oral Roberts had the gospel tense. You, you didn't have to jump out of bed and start dancing right away, just start moving something. Start seeing the progress just a little bit at, the at a time. And he did that, and just one day after the other, just... I am coming out of this. I'm not going to live my life like this here. One day at a time. And in nine months, he was completely out of the wheelchair. Praise God. Only God. Praise Hallelujah. Because God never did it. I heard there's another famous lady that jumped off a cliff and she ended up as a paraplegic in a wheelchair. I heard her, as she spoke in a testimony, she said, while I went to a Benny Hinn meeting, and from then on, everything was negative. You know, the elevator was crowded with wheelchairs, and, and we, you know, it took time for this, and this year, and I, I, she, I think she got prayed for whatever, but everything it was kind of like, well, I gave God 24 hours, kind of waiting, like that guy in the wheelchair with nine months, he could have said too, well, my family's prayed, nothing's happened, but... But the difference between the two testimonies is very simple. One person knew it came from the devil. The other person in the wheelchair still today, she actually made a statement just, uh, I heard it two weeks ago, where she says, one day in heaven, I'm going to send that wheelchair to hell. Uh, you know, you didn't have to wait that long. But you can't preach a gospel against the gospel. Well, you know, was God's will and, and God's blessed me? Yes, he will. He'll bless you. He'll bless you with it, even in the wheelchair. He will bless you. He will help you. And, and all those kind of things. But God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. If Jesus came into your room, would he say, how's the wheelchair? How's it going? Do you enjoy that? That was my plan for your life. I can't see my Jesus who whipped the devil, who straightened out arms, who cured the lepers until their noses, at least the one, the Bible talks about ten being healed, only one came back to thank Jesus. The rest were healed, but the one that came back, the Bible says he became whole. And when you look up that word, it means nothing missing, nothing broken. There's a difference between your fingers stopping, falling off, and actually the finger being restored. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm pushing for that higher thing. Uh, myself too. I, and again, let me clarify. I, we are not against doctors. Doctors have helped people. Praise God. Most of us would have died. I probably would have died too. Doctors have helped. Uh, throughout, but there, there's a revelation of a higher calling for all of us. That, that the, uh, the eyes of our understanding need to be enlightened to the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling is the full gospel. Every part of it. I want everything. Everything he died for. Amen? And you say, well, yeah, here you go again, and I'll, I'll come up for prayer. Well, no. 
You're, you're not, if that's your attitude, you're not ready. You, you got to burn with fire in your spirit, man, that the gospel is real. That God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good, healing, all that work, oppressed of the devil. Tomorrow's study should be the same if you are dealing with illness. Amen? We, we can pray right now and we can get in agreement because the Bible says where two or more agree, it shall be established. Actually, I learned something very cool here the other day in Matthew's Gospel, verse uh, chapter 19. Truly I tell you, verse 18, truly I tell you, Whatever you forbid or declare to be improper and unlawful on the earth, this is you. What do you forbid? And again, you say, well, this is just, it runs in my family. Well, you know, diabetes and then, well, you know, my, my grandpa, I had to, when my dad died at the age of 55, I stood up at the funeral and says, it was not his time. And boy, I made people angry. But it's my dad's funeral. It's my mouth. I can say what I want to. And I'm not going to violate the gospel. I'm not going to say, you know, it was God's will. We know it wasn't. At 55, you are not supposed to die. Right. You know, you can kill yourself. You can work too hard, and he did, but it was not God's will. He didn't need him in the choir, all these different things. And, and so, um, anyways, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was good as it lasted. But how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, he went around. And my dad could have got in on that too. Oh, this is where I was going with that. I battled. When I turned 55, I battled with the thought of dying of a heart attack. I'm going on to 65 now. Coming up. But I'm telling you, there was a fight that only I knew how at night, even actually even this morning, there was such a fight I know when demons come because it absolutely, uh, it, it churns your insides if you're not careful. And you've got to jump out of bed and praise and thank God. Any decision made while you're downtrodden and sad and all that kind of stuff is, and complaining is always going to be the wrong decision. Do it when you're happy. Then make a decision. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so my, all these thoughts came. Uh, because people, the church I, w I left and had attended at one time, they said, uh, well, God uh, uses sickness to, he to teach people. Then they also, uh, people that were in that church would say, uh, well, your family has weak hearts. Because Uncle so-and-so, and then your grandpa, and then uh, her name was Ruth, died. Uh, all heart, heart conditions. And so guess what? That's your lineage. But mine got cut off when I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm now in the family of God. If you understand, it's not just being born again. That is included. But along with that, he says, you're joint heirs. Heirs of the promises of God. Which there are 7,000 and they include healing. And so, but it took a fight. It took effort on my part personally. Yeah, I could have had uh, my, my lovely wife sitting there reading scriptures and that, that. That may have helped if I would have let her know what I'm dealing with in my, come on, we're going to get saved with the word, stay with the word. But the fight ultimately belongs in my heart that I have to overcome, say, no way, man, I'm not ready to die at 55. I will not have a heart attack and so forth. Now, added to that, I do things in the natural. I do stuff like, uh, uh, if you see me a little bit red sometimes, it's, it's, uh, it's B3. And, uh, and, and it's good. It moves blood. There's cayenne pepper. 
There's Celtic salt. There's things because we don't always eat right. There's things that can help your body. And the Holy Spirit talks about the healing leaves and the herbs that are for healing. So there's nothing wrong with eating good vitamins and and, uh, so on and so forth. That will uh, nourish your body. And the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit will direct you into eating well. Amen. But don't depend on the natural. Thank God for the wisdom using the natural. But if you're dealing with a situation, you've got to put it in the spiritual realm because it's Satan that brings disease. It came in the Garden of Eden when the fall happened. The Bible says that uh, when Satan entered in, uh, sickness is an offspring. There is no sickness before then. And then all these different things happened. And then there was disease and so forth. This ease. And the Bible says, take my yoke upon me, for it is easy. Yes, it, is. it is good. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so let's go back to this uh, Matthew chapter 18. What uh, out of the Jerusalem Bible, the Bible says, uh, and again, I'll, I'll read what I just read. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonizing together, uh, together, making a symphony. So that's two people on the earth about anything. Say about anything. I just heard your eyes roll and say, yeah, but you don't understand. About anything. you got to break those barriers. Got to break barriers this morning. About anything and everything. Whatever they shall ask, it will come to pass and be done from them by my Father, which is in heaven. And so whatsoever, go back to verse 18. Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. And whatsoever is permitted and declared proper and lawful on the earth must be already permitted in heaven. So I've always taught, and it is right, but there's more to it. I've always taught that that means whatsoever, I know my authority, so whatsoever I bind on earth, Okay, so let's say we are in agreement and we bind uh, sickness and disease in our house. That's, that's all true. That's in there. And it must agree with heaven, yes. Uh, so I, I understand it must be based on the word of God. Yes, so we're all, uh, we've always taught it in agreement with the scripture. God would not be down there saying, up in heaven saying, wait a minute, you guys are agreeing and it's, that's not part of the word of God, healing. Now, if we ask for something stupid outside of the Word of God, then, yes, it's not in agreement with heaven. But heaven, these are God's thoughts. Acts 10.38 is God's mind coming down to all of us, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, who went around doing good, healing, all that were oppressed of the devil. That is God. Yes, yes, from heaven. Now we get into agreement with that. Yes, yes, we get it on earth. When you, when you come up for prayer... There's got to be agreement between you and me. Yes. You're coming up not just to try. You're coming up in a, for agreement. Yes. But here's another angle of this here. Out of the Jewish Bible, it talks about whatsoever you bind on earth. This goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Having heaven and earth surrounding you. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in the second heaven. Which is where the demonic realm is. So whatsoever I bind on this earth is already bound in that second heaven, which aligns itself with uh, many scriptures um, put up um, in second heaven. Because we're not battling God. We're not trying to get a healing from God. We are 
resisting the devil and he will flee from us. Uh, put on Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. Inasmuch we refute arguments and theories. Now those could be theories in your own head, in your own thinker. We refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So that, we're constantly refuting and that, and then it goes on. It's not, first we've got to get it clear between you and me that, are, that when we're agreeing. If I refute arguments, if I go up to David and he says, no, I don't believe in that healing business anymore, you know, we've got an argument on it. We're refuting maybe what he, he might be saying, well, I heard about so-and-so. He might come with his argument to refute. But we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. Now, if David could give me scriptures on it, let's say you had a new position against healing, and there are people that do that. They're called uh, cessationalists that don't believe anything. But all they have to do is call me. I've, had, I've got a list of about 20 different miracles that have happened in this church. Yeah. We had a girl that was healed of Lyme's disease. She actually stayed with us for a few days here and there. They lived in just out, uh, close to Caledon. And she was completely healed and thanked us for the prayers. Uh, that was at, uh, about 25 years ago in the church, maybe even more, um, back then. And she walked down there and sent us pictures of when she was married. So that's, I, we could, anyone that doesn't believe in healing, we could show them. But what we want to do is want to make sure the theories, the reasonings, the, the proud and lofty things that set themselves up, well, you know, whatever could be, why would you want to be proud against healing? But anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God must be removed from your mind. Anything. And then it goes on to that. Now we're ready. And we lead captive thoughts of purpose um, in the obedience of Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Next verse. Six. Oh, let me let me find what I'm looking for here. It talks about uh, well, Ephesians chapter six talks about um, pulling down of strongholds. Okay, for though we walk not in the flesh. We, um, we do not carry on our warfare according to the flesh using mere human weapons. So we understand it's not just um, um, in this world medicines and all that kind of stuff. And we, uh, there's things that are going to come against us for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. That's where we refute argument. The strongholds are in the heavens, the second heaven. That, um, yeah, sorry, Lance. Uh, verse uh, 4, 3 and 4, and then 5. Sorry, uh, he put up 5 by me asking him to. But do you understand it? So now it says what's we, uh, it must, uh, um, whatsoever we bind on earth is bound by the Jewish Bible in that second heaven where the demons are. 
And so we're, we are the ones, by, by standing here on this planet, we are pulling down strongholds that are in the second realm of this world that are bringing the diseases and all the sickness and all these things to pass. I heard this week too, uh, there's a rapper that was opening a show for, uh, a musician that was opening a show for a rapper. And uh, not a good rapper, <laughs> but a, a worldly rapper. Now, the Lord opened the eyes of this man that was opening the show. And now, I, I, I didn't get quite when he got saved or if he was saved, and the Lord opened his eyes. But you know how they have bands opening before the main band? And so the Lord gave him a spiritual vision of um, this rapper coming on the stage. And now he's going to... Now I know uh, I don't have any of that music. I don't want to hear any of that music. But a lot of it going forward has demonic power. So the demons are using those people uh, with words. And so this man, this man that was opening for this rapper had his eyes open. He could see in the spirit. These words were coming from demons through this rapper into the hearts of the audience. And all of a sudden the audience was acting different. Strange. Violent. And different things. And so, why am I sharing that? It's the portals from, well it could be somebody saying, you know what? Uh, healing is not for today. That demon has come through that person and it's going into your eye gates and ear gates. That's why the Bible says uh, um, to protect your gates from what you hear. And you wonder, folks, I'm telling you, sin, um, sickness and disease, the devil will leave you alone in those situations if you would stay with him. Yeah. But as soon as you stand up and say no more, in Jesus' name, whatever it is, sickness and disease or, or whatever, and you're, there, could be a, there will be a fight on hand. And you've you got to press through. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we pull down those strongholds that are in the second heaven. I got a new revelation of that. That uh, Why would it be on earth? Because, see, we have flesh, blood, and bone bodies. Jesus said, I give you power and authority, and you're going to cast out the devil. So anything that comes from that second heaven into the mankind, we take authority. We pray over meetings. I was, we were talking yesterday at the, the men's meeting how to be prepared. We need preparedness for spiritual things uh, to, to win uh, on this planet. And uh, you've got to prepare yourself spiritually. I, and I, I gave an example of when there was revivals happening. And it happened when we were in a, a revival down in Cloverdale. Uh, we, uh, we were in church every night. The place was filled out, healing revival under Robert Tilton. It was wonderful, signs, wonders, and miracles. There was a lady uh, we prayed for, and she was on the floor. All I remember her son saying, is it all gone? And the mom just nodded, yes, it's all gone. Still, to this day, don't know what it was. And Jesus would show up on the air conditioning vent in a vision, in a uh, visage, uh, on that, it, was, it would kind of change once in a while. And re revivalists would say that is very common, that when, when you go in and pray, uh, um, there is a Father Nash would go in and pray. Others would go in and pray in cities before the revivalists came. What, are, what were they doing? They were pulling down the strongholds over that area. And a, a visage of Jesus would appear on the wall and people would run out of the bars, get rid of the liquor, all these kind of things, get rid of those demons and all that. And, and uh, um, they were uh, 
run right in the middle of the street without anybody even preaching, saying, God, forgive us of our sins. And, and, and it was just powerful. But that was because of prep. And I talked to them about the prep that we need. i got to get out of bed fully excited about the things of God. Or every decision, if I'm not, could be walking down the plank where the devil wants me. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to get healed. I'm not going to be set free. I'm not going to be full of joy. If my days are not, uh, as the Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. In fact, if we go back to Acts, in, uh, which one did I want? So I got so many good scriptures out of Acts 10. Come here. The scripture where I read Acts 10 verse 38, if you go back two verses, it says, Well, let's go back to 35. But in every nation, he who venerates and has a reverent fear of God, reverential fear of God, that's walking in holiness. <gasps> Praise God. I love you, Lord. There's nothing as important as you. Every nation, this is Peter's revelation, everybody that has... Uh, uh, venerates and has a reverent fear of God. I so desire to praise Him. I don't ever want to get on the negative side of things. I want to be full of joy. Uh, fear for God treats Him with worship, obedience, and living uprightly is acceptable to Him and sure to be received and welcomed by Him. And guess what? Things in the Spirit flow for that person. And then it goes on to say, you know that... The content of the message which he sent to Israel. This is verse 36. And announce the good news gospel of peace by Jesus Christ. So verse 35 is a qualifier. People start turning to God. Living right. Get away from sin. And then the good gospel, you know, which sets them free from the power of darkness comes in. Then we have verse 38 where God anointed Jesus. And then the healings happen. Amen. It's open for everybody. Turning to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let anything interfere with my love for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not looking to the right hand or to the left. I'm not looking for anything else to make me happy but Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And things and signs and wonders happen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm sharing this morning? So that's Jesus. And in Acts, um, we can go back to Acts a few verses, uh, chapters. Well, it's, there was no chapters and verses. Now there was an explosion in the church and people were scattered all over. Now it says in verse 4 of Acts chapter 8, Now those who were scattered abroad went about through the land from place to place, preaching the glad tidings of the word. That is a doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation, which is healing, safety, soundness, and deliverance and security in the kingdom of God. And Philip the deacon, verse 5, not the apostle, went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ, the Messiah, to them. 
He proclaimed the gospel. What would he be proclaiming about Christ the Messiah? Would he leave out Acts 10.38? I don't think so. Would he set up his own gospel? Well, we know healing's passed away. I don't think so. Amen. And great crowds of people with one accord, verse 6, listened to the heed and heeded, listened and heeded what was said by Philip as they heard him and watched the miracles, watched the miracles and wonders which he kept performing from time to time. And foul spirits came out of many who were possessed. It wasn't the same. The healing and the foul spirits was not necessarily the same. Many were possessed, screaming and shouting with a loud voice. And many who were suffering from palsy um, or were crippled were restored to health. And there was great joy in the city. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's just one man uh, um, going. But the church, notice what the church was scattered. They could have quit. They just said that it was too hard. We tried with Jesus and then, then the, you know, they came in and they destroyed our church. No, they went everywhere because their gospel was seriously implanted in their heart. Yes. Yes. Amen? It can't be shaken. And signs and wonders and miracles. Anything, I'm going to tell you this boldly. There's a lot of, you know, we're coming to Christmas time. You're going to get invited to a lot of shows, a lot of shows, a lot of good things. Go. They're nice. There's accessories to the gospel. The gospel is what I'm sharing here right now. Every service should be preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Everything else is great and wonderful and, and lots of smiles and cookies and all that kind of stuff. But it always boils down to preaching, teaching, and healing. I'm not getting a lot of amens. Folks, I'm telling you, you would understand. Get close to this here. Get close to these scriptures. Read them 20 times a day. Get close and understand that the healing power has not dissipated. And be excited about the things that God wants for you in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. What about your neighbors? Are, are, what are they? You know, great. Let's go to the Christmas place. Let's do all those things. Go. But they also need to understand and hear you say, is there anything uh, sick? Are you, say, are you feeling well? You might see it on them or you might have a word of knowledge. Yeah. Is there anything I can pray for you with? Yesterday, uh, I had the privilege. I made this big sign. I could show it on the screen, but I made this big sign at the bottom of my, okay, where the field meets the embankment. You've been at my house where those willow trees are. There's an embankment. And um, so the pastor said, why don't we put out a sign that says Jesus? So I made this itty-bitty sign, Jesus. No, no, I made this big sign, five letters. I might add stuff to it yet. Eight foot tall. Drive by Glenmore. You're going to see the word Jesus right across there. I'm unashamed of the... And we talked about it. It says, uh, we're going to pray over this property that nobody uh, comes on and breaks the sign. Now, I have deer running. We had nine deer the other day, a couple days in a row. I don't want any damage to that sign um, and uh, the lights and all that. So we prayed over that. We, Tripkeys, made a decision to light up Glenmore with the name of Jesus. I'm unashamed of the gospel because a lady woke up in the hospital. 
Amen. And then somebody else sat in the back there and they said that they felt a lot better after Pastor Diana prayed for them concerning cancer. Then there was this situation. There was Lyme's disease. Do you know my mother? Uh, I walked six rows back one day and prayed for her. And she went back to the wound clinic and they said, your wounds are closed. And she said that night was the first night she slept through. So I know there is power in the name of Jesus. I want all of you and your neighbors and your friends set free. And those that are coming in. Yeah. Amen. And so this big Jesus lights up Glenmore. And I'm excited. Uh, here's the rest of the story. And for the rest of the story. My, my sister lives beside me, Barbara. And then there's um, Barbara and Gordon. There's Harry and Cornelia whose house sold to uh, people uh, from the coast. There's Iranian people living in there now. And so I'm adjusting the sign. Uh, it was starting to get dark. I'm adjusting. One letter had to get a little higher than the other. I see this man come walking over. So he's halfway be be behind Barbara and Gordon's house. And I thought to myself, this could be heaven or this could be hell. <laughs> you know, like that song says, uh, it could be trouble. Because they are, I know they're from Iran. And so does he have a kitchen knife on him or what? You know, the, no, I didn't go that far. But I noticed halfway through coming to my house, he was smiling. And he fist pumps me and he says, thank you so much for lighting up Glenmore with the word Jesus. She said, I drove home with my wife and we stopped at the bottom, which is the park. And she said, let us pray for several minutes when she saw that sign. You think God's on our side when we, the Bible says, if you deny him before men, he will deny you before the Father. If you deny the healing message, if you deny the holiness message, if you deny, well, you know, we used to believe that, but now, you know, we just want to have fun in church. Folks, that's all I'm going to say. Is it the gospel? Is it the Holy Ghost? Signs and wonders and miracles following. And Brother Hagen said something the other day, I, I saw, it was online, he says, as a congregation comes together and is excited, there is an anointing that grows for the other people. There's a, there's a healings flow easier. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's why I ask you guys to be here, uh, let's say 10 minutes before the service, and pray with me. Help me pray through. It's not just on our backs. It's for all of us. Be here and invite your neighbors. Be here. Put a big sign on your house that declares Jesus yeah. in these last days. Yeah. Hallelujah. He's good. And so he thanked me. He said, let's get together for dinner. Apparently his wife is a believer. And so guess what? I started sharing. And I said, are you a believer? Uh, well, he said he, he believed. I said, well, and I had my car out. I said, you know... Um, I could go in the garage, I'll never be an automobile. I could sit there, I could put my bed there, nothing. And I said, you, uh, you, I didn't say you believe, the demons believe also. I didn't go with that scripture, but I said, you know, you, you have you called on the name of the Lord. And I gave him Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I did, there's nothing to hold back. There's nothing worse than having, and the other neighbors on the other side are, are uh, from, they call them Papa India, from East India. And, and so I know they've had people speak Jesus to them before and they rejected it. And so, you know what? 
They drive up my driveway every day and see Jesus. And I'm going to pray over those letters and believe that Glenmore is going to wake up. Well, one person already said, let's pray. What about more people? They're driving down Glenmore and you can't. Go do it tonight. Drive by and, and uh, check it out. And maybe I'll be adding stuff to it here in the next day or two. But uh, I'm excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen the power of God work. We went to, uh, I'm going to close with this here. We went to uh, Teen Challenge once. And we had um, our youth group with us. And Lance, were you there that time? And uh, there's a guy that his foot was about an inch and a half shorter. He had a special shoe. And so uh, we didn't pray. We asked Kimberly to pray. And uh, Kimberly went up there, and uh, <laughs> I still remember Andy's words. Holy, <laughs> was, was not sanctified, so I can't say it. But he was just, as Kimberly prayed, that leg came out. Actually, Kimberly, I don't know where she stands, but she believed the healing power was in her hands. And, uh, you know, if I was Kimberly, I would work on that and, and stay with that. Because if God gave you that, you will be responsible before the throne of God. That's for all of us. She said she felt it in her hands. I'll tell you, the place broke out in pandemonium. It was wild. People, he couldn't put his shoe back on because he was like this now. Forget about going out there and playing volleyball. Hallelujah. This is the gospel we stand for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Before we close... Have you ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Drive by Glenmore and take a good look and see. But uh, uh, the Bible says, Romans 10, 9, 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Saved means healing, safety, soundness, deliverance, and security. Today we're opening up your eyes to the healing gospel. Uh, but first of all, it is important that your spirit man be born again. That you call on the name of the Lord. So can we do that all together? Just make sure that you're saved. And if you are saved, folks, dig into the Word. Stay with the Word. Don't let apathy, don't let Jesus knock on your heart in Revelation chapter 3 and say, you, uh, I, you're either hot or cold. I'm going to spew you out of your mouth. That's so important to understand that we're in for life. Hallelujah. So let's say, say this together. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again. I am now a child of God. And say, Lord, I repent of my sins, which means I'm turning away from them, and go and be baptized. Be baptized or phone our church at 250-862-3044. Making some Christmas packages. I know we're going to make 150 packages. And uh, we're going to give them out to neighbors. And they're going to include uh, good books and spiritual things along with fun things as we introduce them to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to make announcements. And then uh, if you uh, desire, this is Miracle Sunday, uh, we are ready to pray for you. Whatever it is. Not just physical healing, emotional, mental, whatever it is, marital healing, whatever it is, let's get the monkey, the devil off your back. There's actually a book on there, it's called The Teufelingenick, that's German, The Devil in Your Back, and uh, anyways, I could keep going on and on. God bless you, we'll make some announcements.
Well, let's stand up just quickly, just to give you a little bit of a different position. I'll quickly make announcements because I don't want to, you know, take up too much time. But uh, Pastor mentioned already the 150 packets. If you have ideas, suggestions, um, you know, we announced it last week. Uh, come see me after the service. Um, the idea is December 10th to the 16th, we're going to distribute them. So again, don't leave here without talking to me if you have a couple of ideas. I always have ideas, but I'm trying to include you guys uh, with your ideas because uh, I really believe we're all going to be the ones handing out those packets. So, um, you know, that was last week. I hear an echo, 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 but that's okay. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's stuff happening grab a bulletin. There's bulletins for December out in the foyer. Look at the uh, website. Um, we announced this last week too. We have podcasts available now that if you're on your phone, Apple, Spotify, or whatever, you can tune into Victory Life Kelowna. There's a lot of Victory Lifes out there, but it's Victory Life Kelowna you need to punch in. And, uh, you know, I know we have slides yeah, for that. Um, so again, just see what's happening and go from there. Back to the family packs, budget is $20 per packet. So do the math, 150 times 20 costs money to put stuff out there. So again, this morning, if you're tithing uh, here, there's a, a place over there, Leah's back there with a big V, you can put your tithing envelope in there, donations. This is actually... I don't think I'm missing anything with announcements. Wednesday, we're going to set up a few trays. There is there is prayer here this Wednesday. And so right after the Wednesday prayer, um, you're just going to bring some trees and uh, we'll do what we can with whoever is here. So if you're able to come, help us with that and, and do that. But um, I think that's it. So if you need prayer this morning, a prayer of agreement, laying hands on you, come to the front. Don't leave here. Uh, do not leave here <laughs> if you need prayer. I'm looking at Snea. Snea is pregnant because of prayer. When are you due, Snea? March. I'll tell you the story of Snea and Jaren. They came just one Wednesday prayer. There was like four of us here. And um, I actually had a word of knowledge for her because she didn't tell me what they were here for, whatever. And I said, y you need to be pregnant like you're 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 wanting a family anyways it took a little bit of time and then there was one day pastor just said you're pregnant, pregnant now you know and it was like you know instant that yeah. that rhema word like sometimes it just takes time to hear it and hear it and hear it and then all of a sudden it's like yeah that's it and you know it's it nothing can sway you from that and that's like you know the video we showed with those twins Right, like the one, and again, sometimes our personalities—we have to get past that and press in. So this morning, uh, don't leave here if there's something that you need prayer for. Amen. Other than that, if if you don't, God bless you. We'll see you next week, or we'll see you Wednesday at prayer. There's great Bible studies. I think of Tuesday Bible study. Friday we have Warrior Notes. There is stuff happening at Victory Life that is good for us. Amen. So God bless you and have a great, amazing day. Amen. But come on up front if you need prayer.